Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I'm Gordon Smart. And I'm Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily Yep, and we had all sorts on today, didn't we, Gordon? We had you, were, we and you were in for the first time together, which first has been ever. fun. What a double act! We're I like, know, exactly. uh, I don't know who would we describe ourselves as. Mm. We've got to be one Scott and one uh, John Spencer Garfunkel and Mark Haley. Garfunkel. Um, I was thinking. Oh, oh, you're thinking Big Man, Little Man. Big Man, Little Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Andy McFarlane and Rodney Jack. See, it means nothing to you, does it? That's good. Yeah. There we are. I think uh, I know both of them. They drink <laughs> in my local pub. We've had quite a lot to talk about in the first episode of this, right? Covering for H and J, and the start of the show undoubtedly was Barry Farrington. It, 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 well, it wasn't, uh, it was Brian Farrington Brian, I mean, Barry Farrington Barry's his Is he on tomorrow? Can we get him on tomorrow? <laughs> just get him on to laugh at everything you say, Charlie Baz Faz, as he's known to me Baz Faz, big fan, big yeah, fan Baz Faz And uh, we also spoke to your mate, Adrian Dunbar He was great, wasn't he, Adrian oh, Dunbar? Just gravitas Pure gravitas singer. What a voice he has And he, he told us he's going to release an album this year at some point Good news. That's great news, for, news. for all the housewives at home. And who else did we speak to? We spoke oh, Gross Kemp. Gross Kemp, of course. Curious sound, some lovely sound effects he's developed for us as well. Into shipwrecks now, there we are. That's his latest thing. So and true. also, what was he doing at weekends, Charlie? He's, this weekend, he opened to go outdoors. <laughs> and we'll hear about that during the interview. Excellent stuff. This is the H&J Daily with me, Gordon Smart. And me, Charlie Baker. I've actually spent in the last five years more time with you than with my family. Oh, no, that's nice, isn't and it? And now we're in person. And here we are together. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be a lovely. It, already, a lot of people have gone smart move. A lot of a lot of sort of yeah. plays on your name. It's a curse, which is a nightmare. But if people do want to give us TV formats for you, do we want those this afternoon? Always want them. Yeah, eight ten eighty nine. Let people. You know, we'll have some smart. Gordon Smart TV formats. Why not? You've queued a lot of abuse there, Charlie. No, Thank no, you. not at all. There'll be no abuse. <laughs> so no Charlie, abuse. Charlie, boy, we were talking Hibs earlier on, getting straight in there with the smart bingo, mentioning all the things. Up. John McGinn will get a mention. Billy yep. Gilmore will get a mention. Lovely. Hibs straight in. We lost our manager, Sean Maloney. And I think you had a little bit of um, a similar story to Sean. Is that right? When you were younger, a, a name that was quite similar to his, somebody you grew up with? I did. I did. I went, I went to school with the Sean Maloney, yes. Right. Who, who played for... Played, was our best player at school. You know when you have the best player at school? Yeah. And he was the best player in our year. He was absolutely fantastic footballer. And when he played for the school, he'd just run through all the other... And I don't, I don't know what happened to him. I do not know what happened to him, but he was a brilliant, brilliant school player. It's not the same Sean Maloney, is it? I don't think it's the same Sean Maloney, because <laughs> I did check that out. And also, I think he's a bit, quite a bit younger than me, Sean Maloney. 
Did yeah, he last so, uh, more than 19 games in your school team? Um, uh, yes, he did. He did. He did. Very much so, yeah, did very we, much. In preparation for the show this week, we're having a conversation with the producers about ideas we could have. Maybe we could discuss future managers of Hibs, because I think Roy mm. Keane was linked, right? Yeah. But there's also chat that Neil Lennon might come back. That was one of the names yeah. in the frame. I like how niche this has got it's instantly, away, Gordon, that we're going to just talk about Hibs for three hours. Straight into it. But then Neil Lennon's a good name, isn't he? Roy Keane's a good name. Yeah. It got us chatting, and I realised that my son's probably got the most unlikely person on his bedroom wall. Yes. A picture of Neil Lennon. He must be the only kid in the As a player country. or as a manager? As a manager of Hibs, yeah. <laughs> Celebrating <laughs> against Rangers. And is he in a suit? Is he in tracksuit? What's he's, Neil in in the post? I, I don't think he's ever worn a suit unless he was in court, oh. Neil Lennon. Oh. <laughs> 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 he was in a trackie. And it, yeah, he, there's also a picture of John McGinn in the room. But two quite things that might not help you get to sleep, really, those pictures, are they? And, and why did your son choose this? Because he loved them as a Hibs manager. Because he was a winner. You've got to give him that. Yeah. Lennon. So it was a good time, I think, when he was a Hibs manager. But it got me on to thinking, what's the most unusual poster Charlie Baker had on his bedroom wall as a kid? Yeah, well, I don't think I can say all of them. I had, I had your classic Lamborghini Contash. What did you? Did you ever have that one, the old Lamborghini no Contash? No pictures of cars? No, none at all. Careful how you say that. Uh, my, my mate had the, the Sam Fox picture. I don't know if you remember that. And I was always amazed he was allowed... Yeah, my mum my mum said I can have it. Yeah. Said I can have it on the wall. He had the Sam Fox poster. You could Another get one. From Another Athena. One. You get down Athena, get your Sam Fox poster. I had the Lamborghini Contash. But I had a big one of B.A. Baracus from the A-team. Mr. T. Mr. T. I did have a quote on And the I pity just, the fool who didn't. the fool. Couldn't exactly. do a jibber jabber challenge. Exactly. They're, they're good posters. There's nothing yeah. embarrassing about that. You must have had a really weird. Uh, well, I did have the 1988 Talk United squad as well. There we are. Which I can still name. When you have, when you have a, 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 a squad in a poster on your yeah. wall, you can name them forever for the rest of your life. The yeah. rest of Who did you have on your wall? I was just thinking back. I shared a room with my big brother, you see. So he was right. two and a half years. And by the way, Charlie, you've given us a window into your world that you had the luxury <laughs> of a bedroom to yourself. Yes, of course. Yeah, very privileged. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. I was quite lucky because my brother had good taste and stuff. So he liked really good music. So Look we had stuff. Them. I think he had the Beastie Boys and a bit of Oasis. Did and you? Stone, Stone Roses, stuff like that. Because he was two and a half years older than me, you yeah. see. So he kind of led the way when it came to the stuff on the wall. Um, but there were no pictures of cars. There might have been the Athena tennis picture at some stage. Okay, okay, we're still going. There was an Athena in Exeter until yeah. not very many years ago. Really? Still going in, in Exeter, it was Is there for a, a while. blockbuster video still yeah. in Exeter as well? <laughs> A wimpy? You, 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 you know, going through the, the, the rails and yeah. clack, clacking through those posters. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Do you know what? You've, we've gone straight into nostalgia here as oh, well. Oh, yeah, it's too much. And, and there was a little bit of... I don't believe in culture wars. Right? I think there's an old v. young situation developing. And it, it became clear just before we came on air. Charlie, yeah, because you told me that the two lads who produced the show, yeah. neither of them are capable of making a paper aeroplane. They can't make a paper aeroplane. Which uh, I'm very good friends with John, who who is our, our our producer, and he cannot. And I've and he's had a nice childhood, Gordon. He's not yeah. like had a terrible childhood where his parents have dragged him up or just ignored him throughout <laughs> his life. He cannot make a paper aeroplane. Neither can a lot of the other young lads in the office. Has it skipped a generation? Definitely, because you then made one. Yes. You made one, and it had like aerofoils on it and spoilers, the lot. Yeah, we managed to take Ben Fletcher's eye out uh, just by throwing it across the office, and that's why you couldn't read out the news properly there. <laughs> so that's his excuse. Wow, <laughs> trolled already. We trolled them, haven't we? Uh, Gordon's them. Mart, a sitcom about the owner of a small supermarket in the in the Shetlands. Oh, that's good. It's not bad, is it, at all? Be quite happy very, very good, thank you. Yeah, that was Jamie good. in Brighton. Yeah. And Smart Ass, Gordon travels to beach destinations in the UK reviewing donkey rides on the beach. That's Brett in Dartford. They're already flowing in. Charlie, you know what I love about this? This is proof of the H&J audience. Yes, 
they're clever. They're cerebral bunch, aren't they're they? Clever. They're clever. They're nice people. They're you know, nice people. I was coming in today, Charlie, and I was thinking of all the times that I've kind of dipped my toe into the H&J world. Mm -hmm. And there have been some good old experiences with the boys. They came up for the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in oh, 2014. Yeah. And I remember having a comical morning with them with Daley Thompson, of all people, yeah. on there. Sounds about right. And they, I just thought they were brilliant. They're great H&J, aren't they? And uh, yeah. the other one was, um, they came, I don't know how this happened, but they ended up commentating on a, a kind of, pretty poor celebrity golf tournament oh right <laughs> I don't know how it had happened and uh, they were interviewing were the, were the celebrities like not up to the, were they sort of D and E and F list or by, they... by very poor I mean it was more loose and quite badly behaved oh right and okay not the kind of uh, event you'd expect them to attend no, right? they, so they, they've got class written through them like a stick of rock exactly that so every hole was sponsored by a different drinks company right and that day I played in the same team as Jimmy Nesbitt right okay the actor Jimmy Nesbitt and Jimmy had was at the time making The Hobbit, right? So we're walking round, and he kept saying he had some trouble with his leg. He said, I'm feeling a bit of pain here, Gordon. I was like, all right, okay. And just by chance, the caddy that he had that day was a haematologist because it was for a leukaemia charity, right? right? And she said, look, Jimmy, far be it for me to pry into your business, but are you travelling quite a lot at the moment? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm actually flying back and forwards to New Zealand every three or four weeks, at which point alarm bells started oh going off. Oh, my God, off. he had DVT. Into an ambulance. He had DVT. No way. Went to hospital, had a procedure on his leg. Came back, carried on drinking, went on H and J, told the story live on air and talk sport. Yeah. And at the time, I was working in newspapers, so wrote the story up because I'd been playing with him. You know, he's not gone off to hospital, DVT scare, Jimmy yeah. Nesbitt, blah blah blah. The next morning, when the paper obviously landed in his caravan or wherever he was working, he, he phoned me up and went absolutely bananas. Mm. What are you doing putting that? That's going to yeah. damage my insurance. I'm never going to be able to fly oh, again. God, are God. You and I was like, hold on a second, you told the story on H&G yesterday yeah, he did tell it on the radio. He did tell it on the radio. And there was a little pause, and he said, all right, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on a minute. Classic H&G, that. I'm just Rosie. remembering if I've told you any stories yet. So far, though, just so we don't know, you know. Yes. But, but look, we want, we want to yes. know what people's posters were on their walls growing up. The, the, the more niche, the better. I mean, I don't think we're going to get any better than, the the, Neil, than Lennon. Neil Lennon. Yeah. I mean, that's what we want. We want the obscure. Imagine that, who have you got on your wall? Lennon. What? <laughs> Yeah. John, no, no. <laughs> Neil, <laughs> Neil Lennon, <laughs> or Lennon from Russia. <laughs> yeah, let, yes, yeah. Vladimir Ilyich. Yes, God, yeah. he's an educated man, Charlie. Oh Baker. yeah, I, I know I sound stupid, Gordon. <laughs> Eight, ten, eighty-nine. What was the weirdest poster you had on your wall? We'd love to hear from you, and also you can get in touch on Twitter. T S H and J. Uh, get us a little look up on there. I'm at Gordon Smart, and you are Baker's I'm at tweet. Baker's tweet. Yes, that's all good. Smarty pants. Which is a daytime version of Naked Attraction. I like that. Good idea. So people in their pants, basically. A fronts, Y fronts, all, all that kind of stuff. All the stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I'm really excited about a guest I've managed to pull in today. Hey, because you've done a great job here. You've gone through wow. a contacts book. He's a, a massive talk sport fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, fantastic. I've started on the letter A. That, yeah, it's as good as that. No, he's a massive talk sport fan. And I needed to get him on today because I think I really annoyed him by asking a question about Arsenal. Oh, so I, I thought I'd take this opportunity to very publicly apologise oh, to a great actor, a brilliant man, mm. and a proper character. So we're going to introduce him right now to talk sport and the audience who are joining us this afternoon to hear H&J. But you're in for a treat because we've got the brilliant actor you may know him from line of duty he is ted hastings you may also know him what's the show called i think it's called <laughs> is it line of duty oh yeah it's called yeah and it, for me he's the the best actor in that far better than that scottish fella it's not a competition <laughs> it's not a competition it's not a competition here he is joining us from his mansion somewhere in north london <laughs> it's the one and only adrian dunbar how are you doing adrian, hey, adrian. I'm good, I'm good. Afternoon, fellas, afternoon. Good uh, to hear you. Great to have you on, Adrian. Now, listen, first of all, are you have you recovered from your uh, big night out on Saturday yeah. night at Wembley? I have recovered. I had a great night uh, in Wembley, and one of the good things about it was I went up on the back of a bike with a mate of mine called Arden Kleinman, and uh, so afterwards we were able to nip, duck and dive through the traffic and get home pretty quick. It was a fantastic night, though. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, 95-odd thousand people in Wembley, lights on, singing Sweet Caroline, and the great man himself, Tyson, using all of his nose and an incredible uppercut to finish the fight off. It was brilliant. Because really you're a singer yourself, Adrian, and you know what an amazing performance to do that in six rounds, finish it like that, but then also to sing and yeah, have yeah. 94,000 people in the palm of your hand as a performer. That's special, isn't it? Oh, it's really, he's a really, he really is a special individual. The whole, you know, everything that goes with him, it really is uh, incredible what he's done. I don't know whether he's going to finish. Maybe he is finished. But certainly looking at him the other night, he's got a lot of craft around the ring. Dalian really couldn't get in near him to break him up. And, uh, you know, the uppercut was just incredible. So, you know, who knows? He says he's retiring. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see him fight again. But then again, you know, it's uh, it's a hard way to earn your living, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Have you been, ever been to a big fight like that before? Have you sat ringside before? Is it a regular thing for you, Adrian? No, no, I've never sat ringside before. It was really extraordinary. And behind me, you had, you know, Romesh was there and Tim and Harry Hill yeah. and Alan Davis and the guys were all there because Alan and I both go to watch the Arsenal with... Uh, with Frank Warren. We're very privileged that Frank asks us along. So I'd never been... I'd been to a lot of um, amateur fights with my dad and stuff when I was a kid, and I, I really loved the craft and the skill that's involved mm -hmm. in boxing and the kind of... You, you know, when you see a really wonderful boxer moving in the ring, you know, there's something really sublime about that. And, and even the guys behind me who'd never been to a boxing match before... And, you know, some of the, the early rounds, the undercard, there was some really, really tough fighting going on there and some, uh, some, a lot of skill on show. And it looked a bit brutal. There was a lot of blood. But eventually the guys started to realise, you know, the amount of skill and the, the amount of heart 
that you need to be able yeah. to do that. I mean, it really was incredible. Adrian, the yeah, thing that... So I, but being, being, being ringside was very special. I wondered if you could answer this for me because you were pretty close and the one thing that I noticed in the, the coverage that really stood out for me was when Dillian White's tooth went sort of flying out of the ring and I wondered, were you close enough to, to see that yeah. happen? And also, I think the thing that people don't really get a sense of unless they've been is just how scary that physicality is when men yeah. that size are lumping each other. Oh, yeah. No, there was a couple of, you know, Dillian tried a few haymakers early on and just thought if he gets anywhere near Tyson with one of those, he's going to be on the floor. I mean, you know, the amount of power that's involved. He's got huge arms, Dillian. You could see that he was uh, really worth it. But, you know, Tyson did use all of his knives to keep him at arm's length and then kind of, you know, tie him up when he got inside. I didn't see the tooth go. Yeah. I didn't see the tooth. No, you know, but if I had, I'd, I'd definitely have kept it. I probably, probably would have drilled a hole through it and had it around my neck. <laughs> Adrian, you mentioned you're a massive Arsenal fan, and yeah. I wanted to apologise live on air because oh, at about gosh. one o'clock in the morning, I made the mistake of saying to Adrian, "You can't be happy with finishing fourth as an Arsenal fan." And and you know what, Adrian, you very, very skillfully put me in my place and just pointed out just how how things are actually looking pretty good for Arsenal when you dig into it. Yeah, no, I mean, there's something really, really, uh, really good happening there in the club. You know, there's a nice feeling around the club. You know, we, we stuck, you know, everybody stuck with uh, Miguel Arteta. He's, he's, you know, he's done a great job so far. You know, we've had our setbacks, of course, because we're, we're, it's a young team. Sometimes they're naive. Sometimes they don't know how to close something out. Sometimes... You know, it's like the game against Man U the other day. We scored really early. Then we didn't know quite what to do. And, uh, you know, and we, we allowed United to get into the game and start playing the ball around. It was a good performance by them, uh, given, given the recent performances. But, uh, but, yeah, I think they deserve what they're getting. I think, you know, I'm excited about where we're going. You know, I think, you know, finishing fourth, Getting Champions League football would be really good for the club and really good for that young team. I think they deserve it. I think they do. Yeah, you must be excited as well about those young players coming through, Adrian. Mm. You know, any neutral can see that Emil Smith Rowe, Saka, Kieran Tierney at left back, your keeper. There's so much to be excited about and look forward to. Yeah, no, there really is. There really is. That's really good young players. You know, people like, you know, Mohamed El Nani had a great game the other day. Yeah. You know, Saka suddenly has come, you know, good with a fabulous goal. You know, that'll do his confidence, the world of good. And as you say, we've got all these really good young English players, which is exciting. And, you know, and I mean, I hope Kieran Tierney gets back. You know, two or three years ago, he was easily the best player to come out of Scotland. Mm. And uh, he's just, you know, he has his injury worries and so forth. But I'm no doubt he'll be back. I think Tommy Yashu will be back. Uh, although Cedric is playing really well, you know, so it's, it's good. There's, there's the makings of a squad. There's the makings of a team. There's kind of a cohesiveness amongst them. They're, they're moving forward as a unit. I think, you know, it's looking good. But, you know, you look in front of us and you see the likes of Liverpool and you see the likes of Man City and you see the kind of football they're playing. I mean, some of the stuff that they're doing, I mean, the, the, you know, Mane's pass, mm-hmm. you know, against United. I mean, and how Salah took that ball down was just sublime. I mean, there's, there's football being played between those two teams at the minute. Just never seen anything like it. It's like Royal Rovers stuff, isn't it? 
you know, it was like something you used to see in the Hotspur, if you can ever remember the Hotspur, if you're older. <laughs> it's class. Uh, Adrian, uh, we did a little bit of work together a few weeks ago. You sang on stage. I've just got to mention this publicly. When are we going to get an Adrian Dunbar album? album Christmas yeah, this year? Lovely album. I think I might, you know, yeah, yeah, I think I might get a kind of Christmas album together, you know, that sort of thing. Might be a good idea. I've just done a recent series. Uh, I've done a series called Ridley, which is going to be on sometime in the autumn. And I do a bit of singing in that, which will be interesting right. to see how so everybody that. responds to it. Yeah, I love to sing. Total professional there, Adrian. What, what, are, what do people shout at you, Adrian, in, in the street? Oh, here you get, get, you know, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean, they, they do. <laughs> They, <laughs> <laughs> they shout they all kinds of things. They do the little donkey thing all the time. Yeah. You know, obviously, I mean, that's a big hit. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. You know, Mother of God, that's yeah, another of course, one that yeah. I get. Yeah. And, uh, You've got catchphrases, yeah, it's amazing. What, I've got one final question for you, Adrian, right? I, I know your dear pals are Martin Compton, who plays uh, DI, aren't it? I always get a row for giving him the wrong rank and you're also best pals I think with Neil Morrissey I think you went to acting school together who's yeah. more of a nuisance on a night out Compton or Morrissey oh Compton all day long <laughs> but I mean you know the... <laughs> I mean Morrissey's not that far behind him I've said but he's he's a bit more of a kind of entertainment officer where Martin is just you know you don't know where it's going with Martin you know I mean He's, he can get messy, that fella. Excellent stuff. Adrian, thanks so much for coming on. I know you're a huge fan of TalkSport. I'm sure we'll get you on at breakfast sometime as well. Before you leave, we can see you in the autumn, you said, in the next uh, the next drama you've yes, got coming I've out. Yeah, I've got a series uh, for ITV called Ridley, a new cop thing coming out. So, uh, it Should be good. Excellent Looks Lovely stuff. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Okay. Adrian. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much Adrian. Adrian. And sorry again for winding you up in the middle of the night last time I saw you. Not forgetting. <laughs> All right, Gordon. It Why is. should today be different? <laughs> <laughs> the brilliant Adrian Dunbar. Check him out in the autumn when he comes out on ITV with another big cop show called Ridley. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Gordon Smart and Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. And we're going to catch up now with actor, presenter, a very experienced diver oh, all yeah. of a sudden. Oh, wow. And BAFTA winner, Charlie. Uh, Ross Kemp I thought I'd mention that before yeah. he mentioned he's that He's a diver he? was he playing for Everton at the weekend Ah very good there Topical Charlie that's what you're here for <laughs> Right he's going to discuss his new show on Sky History it's called Ross Kemp Shipwreck Treasure Hunter Ross how the devil are you sir? I'm good how are you guys? Yeah very well Ross. Yeah I'm world very, class very thanks. Ross did you have a good yeah. weekend Ross? Yeah yeah I did I was busy I, I was opening the Go Outdoor store and doing the firework champion, so paying the mortgage. Oh, know? very nice. He's the hardest working man in show oh, business there. Get in Excellent. there. How many selfies did you do, Ross? <laughs> do you know what? I don't remember, but it was good. When they stop asking for selfies, I'm out of work. Get the selfies in there as far as I'm concerned. I remember somebody said that to me once, a musician said that you've got to remember, it's the first time somebody's met you, you've got to behave, you've got to perform. Yeah. You know, yeah. every single time, Ross. So you've got to be happy yeah. every time, right? And do you know what? The, the, the British public, in the main, are really, really nice people. Yeah. You know, it's only the bad ones that make the headlines. The best, the rest of us uh, keep our heads down and get on with it, and I've generally have a good time without hurting anybody. And I have to say, the people I met at the weekend just had a great time, particularly at the fireworks gig. But I'm here to talk about. Shipwreck treasure hunt. Yes. Oh, he's a professional. He's moved Very on. Very good. And it's been wall-to-wall publicity. We can't stop hearing about this Sky History <laughs> show. Now, Ross, you've, you've actually taken on some really serious sort of high-level training for this. So you've got an HSE now, which is quite a big qualification where I come from, in uh, diving. Is that right? Yes, you're absolutely spot on there. Um, I didn't think, when they, particularly when they told me it was a five-hour written exam at the end of it, I went, well, you can forget that one then. Yeah. It isn't going to happen. All right. And there was one moment of clarity as well. I was kneeling on a container 
at about 20 meters in a rather murky pond just outside of Heathrow. And I've got a microphone inside my full face mask and I'm calling for bits of scaffolding to be lowered down on a bowline. And I'm untying them and I'm clipping them together with a, with a spanner and building a, a, a square piece of scaffolding. And I'm going, what am I doing here? <laughs> I'm 50 years old plus. What am I doing here? Yeah. Where's, where's, where's makeup? Where, where's the Winnebago? Where, where's, the, where's the chicken Caesar salad? Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was a moment, but do you know what? It's, it's all there for a reason, because if you can build that scaffolding at 20 metres and keep your kit going and making sure you're maintaining neutral buoyancy, if you're inside a wreck and you get snagged up, then you, you, you're already semi-consciously looking after your kit and keeping your buoyancy and you can concentrate on getting unsnagged. So it's all there for a reason. And mm. I have to say, it's a bit like going out to Afghan, you know, uh, you know, you look after your kit and your kit will look after you. Um, and, um, yeah, I have to say, I can't speak higher of the people that trained me, Bristol Channel Divers, in particular, Neil Brock, despite the fact when England were playing Germany, he had me doing a night dive in a quarry in Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> that serves you right. Yeah, yeah. That serves you. Um, Ross, I was going to say, right, just one thing that I thought when I saw the pictures of this, right, there's a picture of you, I think, in a deep sea dive uh, helmet and it reminded me of that Tom York video I don't know if you remember it the Radiohead one no surprises mm. and I just remember the claustrophobia watching the making of that the pressure he was under to try and hold his breath keep his composure all the rest of I mean how did you cope with that claustrophobia was it something you had to sort of teach yourself to deal with or do you think you just naturally think, cope I well under that I think you suffer from it I think it's like anything it's like you know I'm not I'm alright with heights and, I, and I'm alright with that having said that some of the guys that, that trained me because uh, I started off with just an open water diver, which is like, you know, a resort diver. And I went from that to an advanced to an advanced rescue. And one of the guys that was doing my advanced rescue, he spends his weekend cave diving. Now, I'm sorry, <sighs> that is not for me. No, thank no. you. I don't mind going into a wreck, and so hopefully I will find my way out. But um, going down into those caves, those boys slightly tapped as far as I'm concerned. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're true professionals, but I don't really fancy that one. So it's horses for courses, isn't it? I actually don't mind being in inside the wrecks. As long as I can make sure I can get my way out again, that's the most important thing. Yeah, speaking about the wrecks, I mean, they're, they're, they're in various places off the British Isles, most of them, aren't they? And I suppose it's like living history almost, isn't it? It's like, it's like un, totally. underwater archaeology, I suppose. Well, well, the thing about it is, is if you go to a museum, and, and I love going to museums, and, I, and my mum and dad used to take me to kind of like archaeological places all around Europe when I was a kid, even though my dad had a regular job, my mum had a regular job, they, they were very interested in history, which I think obviously I've, I've caught off them. You can't touch everything. You can't get into mm. it. You can't feel it. And the thing about when you're in a wreck, it's so tangible. Uh, it's a bit like, you know, particularly when you find stuff as well that you can take back up the service. It's a bit like shaking hand with a ghost mm. because that moment in history when that vessel sunk has sort of locked it forever in that state. Whereas, you know, it's great to go to the Tower of London and walk around, but things have changed to it. You know, the 20th century has caught up with it in places. Whereas when you, you dive on a wreck and scup a flow or you find the guns from a slaver in Plymouth Sound, you are, you know, you're one of those very privileged few that have ever touched that thing since it yeah. sank. So there's a, there's often a, a feeling of, of of joy and a feeling of, um, as I say, touching, really touching history, shaking hands with ghosts. But it's also something we don't shy from. You know, we find a slaver um, and the guns that we used 
on the enslaved people. And I think there's bits of our history that sometimes we like to swerve around and not confront. And I think the good thing about this program is that it, it directly, it says, look, there it is. That's a gun that was used to control enslaved people. Yeah. And that business was worth billions of dollars. In fact, you know, people like Hawkins who ran the transatlantic slave trade were richer than Elon Musk mm. in equivalent monies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Let's not shy from that. And also, we, we dive on the Iona 2, which was a paddle steamer that was built on the Clyde, um, and it was used to break the, the Union's blockade of the Confederate ports. Now, if the guns and those boats had not been supplied by British businessmen to the Confederacy, that war could have ended two years earlier, saving lives and freeing people from, from slavery. So, you know, we don't shy from that stuff. But we also celebrate things like the Amethyst, which is this incredible battleship that sank American ships during the War of Independence, French, um, Spanish, Dutch. Uh, it was at the time, you know, we, we didn't have footballers as heroes in those days, but yeah. it was more famous, dare I say it, than David Beckham. Yeah. It was, you know, the most famous thing in the country at the time, more famous than, 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 um, than all the other uh, HMS battleships put together. Uh, and I find a bit of it buried in, in Plymouth Sound and the feeling, the elation, it sounds odd to say it, but the elation that you feel digging away with a metal detector and spining a bit of the amethyst, the side of the copper hull yeah. with the Royal Navy markings on it. I now get why guys want to go off to East Anglia at the weekend with metal yeah. detectors and swing <laughs> yeah. around muddy fields. Yeah, it was funny you mentioned that, Ross, because I love the film Goodwill Hunting. There's a great moment where Robin Williams has an argument with Matt Damon because he's being a bit too clever for his own good. And he makes a point, he says, you know, you could read every book in the world about a subject, but you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. Now, there's yeah. the chances of me and Charlie getting into a hyperbaric chamber or going off to Scapa <laughs> Flow and, and visiting these places is really unlikely. So you can tell us what it actually feels like to be in there. So what are the what does it smell like? You know, what is it like when you're under that pressure and you things start to go wrong? You can give us a real sense of that, Ross. There was a moment when my mask started to fade and the, the seal had broken in my mask. And it's like, basically, it's like someone slapping your eardrums going, bang. And then you start your training kicks in. You've got to think about your switching block. So the apparatus is different to what you'd normally use in a resort dive. So you have, there's a, the thing that makes you breathe is actually screwed in. So you can't unscrew that and then put a new one in. Yeah. You have to reach over to your chest, pull a wire down and slide it across to your bailout. So you end up doing that in your sleep. You get so not used because you can't see it because the mask won't let you down it. So you you end up in your sleep with a mask going, what are you doing? Stapping your chest. And what I'm doing is bringing my hand over to pull the wire down to switch the block across so I use my bailout. Mm. So um, what's it like? It's fascinating. There's always a sense of relief when you get back up. <laughs> um, a bit like coming out of a firefight. There's a lot of giggles. As you know, boys, playing football, you know, you you have a, t a sense of camaraderie because sure. you're fighting for a common end, which is to beat the other side. And, and being the other side for me is making sure we all come up in one piece and uh, we have a, a cup of tea or a few beers in the evening. So, yeah, there's a great sense of camaraderie. There's um, there is a sense of claustrophobia, but there's also a massive sense of elation and joy while you're down there because there's virtually no sound, apart from maybe the person that I'm talking to. And I think it's a first where you've got an expert and a novice like myself sitting on like these great big guns, having a conversation about, you know, how the guns operated mm. and who would have fired them and what conditions they would have been under. 
And there's also a wreck that we dive on called the M2, which was a aircraft carrying submarine that sank sadly between the wards with 60 hands on deck. And even though you dive down the shot line into this green pea soup gloom, and suddenly the coning tower looms out yeah. of darkness into you, you can sense that that is a war grave. Yeah. You can yeah. feel it. Um, and sadly, you know, we, we look into it in a bit more detail when we're on the surface. And those poor guys were trapped down there, some of them, for a period of time. Yeah. And they were blowing out bits of wood for the torpedo tubes, which M2 gone down off Chesil Beach, Just, please help. Yeah. And that piece of wood was found until three months after they sadly went down. It's unimaginable. Brilliant stuff, Ross. You can watch Ross Kemp Shipwreck yeah. Treasure Hunter yeah. tonight from 9pm on Sky History. All episodes are available on demand. History is alive on Sky History. And just very quickly before you go, Ross, Charlie Baker, I don't know if you're aware of this. I think you are, actually. But five episodes of EastEnders is a character called Tim Reynolds. Will you back the campaign for him to return? <laughs> Get him back in there. <laughs> I'm not desperate to run Frank's car lot. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We started the show today by talking about weird posters that might have appeared on your wall at some yeah. point and it was inspired by my little boy Jimmy. He's 12 now and he's he's still got a picture on the wall of Neil Lennon which I, I, think, he might, I think he might be the only football fan in the country to have <laughs> Lennon up on the wall. We'll find out 81089 if you've got Neil yep. Lennon on your wall. Let us know. Um, Justin from Rufford. I had a poster of Adidas World Cup football boots. Never had a pair. Would still want some. Who wouldn't want some World Cups? They're That's amazing. Fantastic, they? isn't it? Beautiful. Well done, Justin. Uh, Tony from Glasgow said I had an Evander Snow poster. He was a Celtic flop. <laughs> oh. Strangely, had a love for him. It's funny that obscure players on the yeah, wall. I like, I like it when it's just sort of someone who's played for you four times and you have a yeah. poster of him on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and here we. Uh, Sa- I don't know who this is from Anonymous and when I was younger I had Sammy Hippier posters all over the bedroom wall they were usually torn out pages from Shoot magazine always thought it was the unsung defensive hero of Liverpool in the two- 2000s and his first email address was Sammy underscore Hippier <laughs> and the, the, the rest I won't yeah, say yeah, the rest yeah. in case people start emailing him but wow a big Sam big I fan. wonder if that is from Sammy Hippier yeah probably that's probably what he's doing this afternoon. this afternoon he never misses exactly. I love this one so Derek Azamoa during his link in days, right? I think it was taken out my local newspaper rather than bought from a shop. I'd describe his tenure at Lincoln as underwhelming and not justification for having him up on anyone's bedroom. Graham and Lincoln, thank you yeah, very when much. You, for that. When you support a team like Lincoln, um, who were lower down the league quite a long time, or yep. whoever you support, if they're not in the, the national media all the time yeah. you take a picture wherever you can you know you're, it wasn't like the internet days it was like yeah. there's a poster of Paul Dobson in the paper John Burridge <laughs> exactly yeah here's one from an old colleague of mine Sam Sam Love he said I had Transvision Vamp and David Speedy right oh, next yeah. to each wow. other and he said but it was all finished off with bunk beds coated in don't panic uh, panini spares oh I was that gonna was, say yeah but don't have no, the tra- I, yes. don't have the transvin. I won't. I won't say what I was about to say. Yeah, it, <laughs> the transvision vamp That's, poster. Yes. Wendy from Transvision Vamp. I think will have been on a few people's walls yeah. growing up. I tell you, it's remarkable how much money gladiators have made out of jet posters. But almost everybody who's sent us a message today has yeah, had one of, like, uh, yeah. of jet from gladiators. Not this guy, Heady. I had a poster of a Mark IV Panzer tank <laughs> <laughs> in action. Students set it on fire when they were out. I reduced their limited edition Oasis poster to shreds, practising with my air pistol. All right, okay. This is good. This is good. I was slightly worried about that. So Graham Cribben. Graham Cribben. He'd sent us a good one as well. Where was it? Yeah. Uh, Here are a couple of posters. I still have uh, adorned my walls in the 70s and 80s. Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah. And Farrah Fawcett. 
And oh, it's yeah. actually got, we've got evidence of Farrah Fawcett, Majors, and full name, yeah. in, in a red swimsuit. Yeah, the large majority of my friends, despite not enjoying reggae in any way <laughs> or having ever been to uh, any anywhere, in, um, were big Bob Marley, had a big Bob Marley poster. A lot of Che Guevara, yep. a lot of I Like the Pope, yep. and then I won't finish it for, <laughs> I won't finish it from there, and Lamborghini Contashes. That was the main posters you could get. Charlie, please tell me you didn't have that poster that had student crossing on it. With no, that, that no. Good, good man, good man. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Very good afternoon to you, Gordon Smart here with Charlie Baker, who I can now call my sidekick. Is oh, yeah, lovely. Contractually, I'd like to do that. For, that. for this week. Shall I speak to your agent about that? No, no, it's carry on. Everything Just comes to the anyways, price Don't worry about with it. Charlie Baker. <laughs> the moneymaker. We are in for Hawksby and Jacobs <laughs> all this week, one to four. We'd love your company if you fancy joining us all through the week. Now, we're going to go from sport to a different corner. Uh, of the sporting world which all sport really caught my eye and my ear this week because 10,000 people turned up to see an unusual sporting spectacle it's called the Malden Mud Race Lovely. and we're very fortunate to have the chairman of the Malden Mud Race Brian Farrington on the phone alright Brian how are you? Hey Brian Yeah I'm well thank you oh, good. Oh, good. He's well he's good he survived the Malden yeah. Mud Race Brian yeah. Are you showered? Sorry? Uh, are you showered from the weekend Brian? Or do you not do the mud race? Um, I didn't do the mud race. No, organising it's bad enough. It takes three days <laughs> on, you know, Friday to Sunday. Yeah. I'm absolutely, yeah. Brian. On my knees is the word. Okay, uh, there we are. We'll take that. Well, we're grateful for you having the energy to do this Thanks, with us today. Brian. Now, for, for anybody who's unfamiliar with the geography of Malden, tell us where it is and why it's specific to that part of the world. Uh, it's on the east coast um, in Essex, um, on the River Blackwater. Oh, yeah. Uh, the nearest uh, place would be either Chelmsford or Colchester. Oh, yeah. So we sit between there, and we're on an estuary. So it's the tidal river. Right. Oh, and right. Uh, it's famous for a number of things. One of them, of course, is Malden Salt. Salt, uh, yeah. Cookery, but, and the other thing is the Malden Mud Race itself, which apparently started in 1973 as a bet from the local publican who said that he would serve in a dinner jacket uh, a meal to his regulars and they took him on his uh, up on his bet and they went across and that's how it all started absolutely brilliant and um, it's been going on and off for 48 years now excellent and it's had a couple of years off obviously brian for all the reasons that we don't want to get into too much And no, we don't want to get into that yeah the last one we did was 2019 which seems an age ago Right, Brian, I want uh, so to... Uh, yesterday was like a unique experience for us. Yeah, of course. Good man, good man. Now, Brian, um, I read today that 10,000 people regularly turn up to watch the Malden Mud Race. So my question uh, for you is, how long before you negotiate the deal with Cinch to sponsor this? <laughs> how long before Rylan is the face of the Malden Mud Race? <laughs> the Selco Malden Mud Race. <laughs> it's where the mud goes. Yeah. Um, we had 15,000 yesterday. Wow. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of people, yeah, and uh, just under 300 uh, competitors did the race. So, um, and would you believe the guy did for, the winning person did the 440 metres, which means you have to cross a river twice in under three minutes. 
Goodness me. Do you know, I've just had this dawning realisation that the Malden Mud Race has a bigger audience than your team and my team put oh, yeah, together. Right. <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> what do you think it is about the British psyche, Brian, that wants to do this sort of thing? You thought, think of the cheese rolling. I, I always think of the uh, Ottery St Mary. Uh, they set the barrels on fire. They carry them up, carry them up the uh, oh, yeah. up the yeah, hill. Yeah. There's, there's things like this I, all over the place, like the shin kicking, all these things. Uh, what do you think it is about yeah. the British psyche that and, enjoys and it? What do you call it? What's the other one? Ditch as well. Ditch, whatever they call it. Going down a ditch in the water. That's yeah. horrible. Oh, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Uh, pot, pot, not pothole. Going people, down the ditch in the water. Extra city, go extra city yeah. away, is it that? Yeah. That's <laughs> 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 oh, great. Um, Brian, on, uh, Brian on, on, on a serious note, you've had quite a few celebrity <laughs> guests taking part, haven't you? I think, you did, was Joe Brand not involved in it way back in the day? Yeah, Joe did it 11 years ago with um, um, Mr. Locke. Oh, uh, Sean, Locke, Sean, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately he died um, earlier this year. And um, it was a tribute to him and also a close friend who died as well of cancer. So her daughter, daughter and um, her partner did it. Lovely. And uh, Joe started the race. She was actually covered in a bit of mud, mud at, the, at the end. Mm. So I'm, I'm not sure where she got that from. I think some... Kind uh, competitor Gabriel Hogg. But do so people do people uh, say the benefits of the mud? Is there any skin benefits, or do people feel no, better about no themselves? Whatsoever. Don't even think about nothing. Of, nothing at all. <laughs> no. No. Brian. No, Brian, no Brian sounds slightly no. nervous there. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah I, think, the, I think he's discovered the secret of eternal youth, and it's in the mud, and he d- yeah. wants to keep it to himself. <laughs> he's got the elixir. <laughs> he's found the holy grail. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. Brian Farrington's actually four hundred and forty-six, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel it today. <laughs> oh, I bet you do, Brian. So, have you never taken part in it yourself at all, Brian? No, no, I'm too old. No, I'm far too old to be doing that. Mm. Um, veterans no, race. I'm well past my mid seventies. There's no way I'm oh, doing that. No. Brilliant stuff. Well, Brian, not in a month of Sunday. No, sure. I want to thank you so much for coming on, Brian. Because yeah, if it brilliant. wasn't for stuff like the Malden Mud Race, there would be no Hawksbay and Jacobs. Nah, exactly. You know, that's exactly. they need events like yours to keep going. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Is, love it. Just before you leave, is there one it's super a great s- event for charity? We do a lot yeah. of money. For I think charity, Gordon should come and do it for charity that. next year. I think he'd love that. Oh, That'd be lovely, definitely. wouldn't it? Get down there, Gordon. Just keep in touch with us. Listen. But Brian, I think you and I are going to be friends forever. We'll get, after we'll get his, 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 we'll get his <laughs> yeah, details to you, Brian. I'm a Manchester United supporter. I've oh. been a Manchester United supporter all my life, and it, it, I'm feeling quite quite sad at the moment. Yeah, yeah, in the mud more than more than <laughs> not at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, Brian. Thank Brian Farrington, the chairman of the Malden Mud Race. It's been such a pleasure this afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Great to talk to you guys. Thank there you. Is. Thank Cheers, you, Brian. Fazza, as he's known in the yeah, mud racing yeah, community, isn't he? Fazza. The mud guy. The mud guy. Yeah, really good. Man, you're I'm going to ask him to come to a couple of my gigs. He's got a great laugh. He's a great laugh. You need it's, him, Charlie. I need him. Yeah, I'm going to get him to come round with me. It'd be lovely. Brian's probably still listening at home. You've, you've got a gig on Thursday night, Oh, Yeah, Charlie. come down. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm at the Comedy Store London this week. Yeah, yeah Brian, if, you if you're free down. Thursday, Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Char- Charlie, <laughs> a week. Charlie a would week. love to see And if you want to move in with them as well, Brian. Charlie's got a spare room. Spare room for you. <laughs> At the beginning of the show, we were talking, Charlie, about unusual posters that have adorned our bedroom walls over the years. Yes. Uh, I have been reminded that I did have John Burridge from a Hibs programme in the 90s. Yeah, Lovely. Of all, of all the players I could have had up, I he know, wasn't the one. Had, yeah, 
can remember all those John Collins or someone. Jim Leighton with his oh, gap to smile. All the beautiful. Sc- think of Graham Souness' thighs, and you you had John Burridge. Yeah, John Burridge. You could have had Graham Souness in those short shorts, well, shouting at someone. Graham Souness. Yeah, I remember seeing his. I think it was his debut when he became player manager of Rangers, mm. and I'm pretty sure he broke our captain's leg. Oh dear! In that game. Toby McIntyre might be wrong anyway, okay. Charlie. Yeah, uh, we're looking at some of these. There are a few crackers here. Um, all right, lads. I hear the bedroom poster talk and felt compelled to tell you of my Anna Kurnikova poster as a 17-year-old lad. Oh, 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 lovely, yes. <laughs> I had a privilege of getting to watch her play an exhibition series at one point in Southampton. Well, there we are. What, um, and big tennis fan, obviously. Huge tennis fan, whoever that was, yeah. Mark from Teddington. Quite embarrassing, really. Back in the late 90s, I had a poster of Matthew Rose he was in EastEnders. The slogan was "Free the Walford One." There we are. That was it. Just like a, a random <laughs> series of, of of episodes of EastEnders, and he had a big poster up from them. Unbelievable. Were you familiar with his work when you were in EastEnders for those five? I was episodes? only in five episodes, so let's not yeah. go on about it. Uh, but bog snorkeling, of course, yes. was what he met by the ditch ditch swimming, whatever yes. it was. You know, bog so snorkeling. Like, there we are. Yeah, potholing as well. Did you? I, I, terrified. I, I do. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near potholing, no, absolutely not. <laughs> How about this for a poster? Just straight matter of fact yeah. message here, ending 172. Rocky Four. That was the poster, which of course. That, that was a great poster. Dolph Lundgren. And, and living in America and all that on it, wasn't it? You know, yes. and all that. Dolph Lundgren there, yeah, with the, with the, the these cheating ways. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, good film. Great Charlie, film. You know, I've gone back recently with my son, he's 12, and watched quite a lot of films I loved when I was growing up. Yeah. And he looks at me in utter bemusement yeah. that I found them entertaining. Yeah. He watched, They're quite slow, aren't they? Yeah, we watched Predator. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but we watched Predator. Oh. And he was this is ridiculous. This isn't scary at all. Didn't like it. I'm still terrified of Predator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's that how you were brought up, isn't it? You say you've got a nice dad. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> good parenting. <laughs> good yeah. parenting. It's just how it is, you see. Dear me. Terrible. Stuff. Our Suffolk shed listening to Brian from Mold and Mud Race's reaction. I'd say he's Charlie's target audience. He's in. Exactly. Yeah. He is. Laughter on tap. How lovely. Yeah. It was a great stuff. laugh, wasn't it? It was a great laugh. It was a great laugh. And it's a good point to me. I was listening to Hawksby and Jacobs last week, and they had a section where they were talking about disc golf. Oh, did, I didn't this, hear that. You I didn't normally, normally yeah. listen, yeah, but there we are. And the last time I listened to Oxby and Jacobs, they were talking about Conkers. Well, yeah. I mean, they do talk about Premier League football as well. They do they, n- really know their stuff. Do you think when uh, sports start off, they think, well, we're going to aim for the Hawksby and Jacobs audience here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they start out. Exactly. And then employ Brian Farrington as the chairman. We've been asking for Gordon Smart's TV formats. Yes. Just, just today we'll do that. That's a good one, isn't it? Dan from Grimsby, Smarty Pants. Probably been pitched before is it Gordon yeah. Gordon reviews the future of trousers which is yeah. nice isn't it featuring cameras and electronic zips yeah really cool like young stuff sounds quite suspicious that format <laughs> doesn't it can't imagine people signing up for that one when I approach them smarties smarties Go Gordon smart travels the world reviewing varieties of tea oh Golf I mean, that's quite a nice... I don't know. Maybe at golf clubs. Oh, well, That'd be a nice way to do I'm it. All for yeah, that. Very, game, very yeah. good, yeah. But not good. T-shirts, just golf tees. Um, a beardy bumpkin's been on. Uh, my room was filled with wrestling pictures and a small shrine to my crush at the time, Ricky Lake. Exciting, isn't it? Thank Ricky you. Lake? No, it's all, it's all very good. Specialist stuff. Good stuff. Specialist stuff. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.